Welcome to another edition of NPR All Things Considered. No, just kidding. This is the big <laughs> one, right? This is the, the silver milestone episode. 75. Yeah, back on it. Yeah, you and Finally me, a day together. I know, we've been uh, apart for various reasons. So many times. No, this is BJGM Brews episode 75. 65? 70. 70. 75. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Three years of high school, Espanol, baby. Can you believe we've been doing 75 episodes? 75 weeks of this. That's over a year. That's That's like a year and a half. Yeah, like. And pretty consistent. So, uh, Mazel Tov. So much edutainment. (laughs) So much. (laughs) So, again, shout out to Tristan for coming through at the last minute yesterday to save the podcast. No alcohol involved, it didn't sound like. Not enough. No, he was probably still fasting. Potentially, and I definitely yeah. was not going to be drinking any any alcohol. No, coming off a cold, I was like, last thing I want because I was pretty congested. I you can still hear the congestion a little bit. So, um, but yeah, you said you had a bunch to talk about. I did. You did well, and then it's all. I mean, nerd it's all stuff. escaped. It's all yeah. escaped you. Yeah. Well, okay. So the first thing is you. you okay, you. I, I understood that you said I've retired from jujitsu. No, I did not. Say and that. you said that's not what I said. I did not say that. So explicitly. here we go. So here we go. I said, I've ch- I basically what? quit jujitsu. I basically quit jujitsu. So I have nothing to say about jujitsu. I don't have much to say about it. <laughs> Yet I see you coach Tuesday and Thursday. <laughs> and show up on a Monday <laughs> yeah. to train, right? Like, <laughs> so uh, elaborate on how you've quit jujitsu. And then you said to me off air that it's like, I think I'm kind of falling into a similar rut that you've fallen into. So Where, elaborate. You know, you just, you, you know, I've been chatting and now that you have che- teaching duties and responsibilities, right? Here and there. Is it is it happening again behind me? I don't want to turn around. No, see. it's not. Okay, I don't. I can only deal with so much. We, we're we're joined in in the in the recording area by <laughs> Zeke and and Jerry, and they're grooming themselves, and Zeke is doing yeah, it very loudly. I mean, that's one way of putting it. Um, of just personal development and growing as a jujitsu artist and and finding your own time to train. Okay, right. Like so that's that's what I meant. You know, like I got gotcha. you. I don't get a good enough look of what's going on Mondays and Tuesdays, depending on which day. Because Tuesday, I don't get a look at all because I'm doing kickboxing, right? So if I'm able to train that day and I don't train on Saturdays anymore, when I get a little bit extended look at things. And then Mondays, if I am able to make it is when I can kind of kind of see what we're working on and kind of deep dive. And the past couple of weeks have just been inconsistent. So I've been doing my own little thing in the mornings and whatnot, which is good. You know, I mean, like with the guys, but I don't, I don't get my own sort of training in where I can focus on Chris. your pohada. Yeah. Not even my pohada. Just like get my jujitsu, like whatever part of the brain. So does. what, what did it look like for you training as a, as a, uh, two stripe purple belt? My the favorite glory, belt. Yeah. The glory, like what, what was training like at that? Well, that's interesting because I was actually teaching then too. So, okay. Were you um, here with Paula or were you at, uh, no, that was when I was helping run winter Springs. winter Springs. Yeah. Okay. So how, I mean, how, how did you make that work now? Is, is the answer just simply like you didn't have Connor and you didn't, your family, That's had just not I was able to train just a lot more. Okay. Like even if I'm not on the, you know, you can be on the mats and still absorb, but th- there is just something, I mean, you talked about how Tristan has gotten 4 billion hours in the past month of yeah. Matt hours and how much consistently better he's gotten. There's, there's something to that, right? Like the weird correlation, unless you're, unless you're Zach and just come back after a year and a half and still fucking maul everybody. 
He looks like he came out of a, a Zack Snyder. Uh, oh movie. yeah, he, he definitely he's he, he, he's, <laughs> he's one of the guys. He was Hercules. Probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy only does his squatting and doing pushups. He looked like breath. CGI. <laughs> You know, all he's doing is lifting it. He's like, there are no fires, so I'm just lifting. (laughs) 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 But that's that's sort of, yeah. Like I, you know, I like there's there's something magical about just getting mat hours, whether you're actively engaged in training and drilling, or just even being on the mats observing. You know, Um, but yeah, responsibilities just catch up, and my brain just just wanders and other things. So I'm trying to steer it back into true jiu-jitsu by reading opening closed guard and you said you just got to the point where they got funding yes funding and it's funny because he so just for those of the people who don't realize yeah. this is the story of robert drysdale investigating it's the story behind the documentary so robert drysdale uh, cr- uh with other people created a documentary that where he tries to explore the origins of jiu-jitsu and I think he uses the words kind of fairly because um, there's like folklore and then there's, there's like, the myth that yeah. we are, we all know. And what he's trying to understand is, and, and he's a guy who's half Brazilian. Yes. So he's very much, he's not like, but he's also, you know, um, uh, you know, he's half Brazilian. So he's, he's also able to, he's able to understand like the, um, uh, the traditional side. Evidence. Yeah, no, well, but I mean, I guess what he, what I'm trying to say is like... He's also he's, a history major. Yeah, so he's got, his, he's got his feet in both, he's got his toes in both waters, yeah. you know, so he's trying to, uh, like I just, as an example, I remember him saying, you know, what do you think about the whole AJJ versus BJJ, you know, or just jiu-jitsu, is it Brazilian jiu-jitsu, American jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu, and he actually likes saying Brazilian jiu-jitsu because there's enough of Brazilian culture in yeah. any gym anywhere in the world, regardless of what country you're yeah, in. Yeah, even in Japan. where That you would yeah. call Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you know? Um, even though there are other parts of him where you would be like, this guy would could be pro-American jiu-jitsu. Right, because you know? he's a... I mean, I remember some conversation where... Was a pragmatist would be the word? Like, I don't... I don't know how to say... Not pragmatist, but... I, yeah, I... But he, he's not beholden to the quote, yeah, exactly. old ways, yeah, so yeah. to speak. Anyway, long but story. It's... That that that's uh, ancillar. <laughs> uh, that's auxiliary. The K, The main thing is he did a documentary, and then there's an accompanying book, opening the closed guard, which is the story of shooting the documentary. Yeah, right. So and um, he does he go to Japan? Like, so where are we at here? He has just met with the investor, which he, he, he mentions many times in a lot of other interviews he's on. He's just like, the investor. And he's about to show the final, I guess, the final cut. But this person is the, the, the person They're shall remain nameless. No, but the person shall remain nameless? No, they, they name him in the book. I think he was just like holding back in interviews oh. to, to actually name the person. I mean, I'll... Is it Bernardo Faria? Is it a spoiler? Is it Bernardo Faria? No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Is it someone that anyone would know? Yes. I mean, like, in a sense that people are familiar with... Is it Matt Thornton? No, no. Only I'm familiar with him anyway, so it doesn't matter. But the... Do you remember that uh, promotion you had seen a couple years ago? And Hinger talks about it, the ACB? Like, the Russian... Hinger talks about it a lot. Like, oh, ACB, like, paid their guys, and blah, 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 and... This is an M1, is it? No, 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 no. It, it is Russian. I'm not familiar with ACB. 
So they're, they were but you're Russian. like the super fan of uh, the Hingertine podcast. Yeah, but the, I, I never I never picked that. that yeah, one. he that had mentioned that a handful of times, how ACB was like an awesome promotion, and they really wanted to promote jiu-jitsu, and they put money behind it, and all the guys got paid and all that sort of thing. It's, it's that guy. Whoever, whoever the Dana White of ACB is, is the, the financier. So I okay. guess he's got to sign off, then, then we'll be able to see it, and we'll see it. The, the people's history of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I'm like the excited. Howard's in the people's history. Yeah, of okay. it's the, 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 the Drysdale, um, as objective as it can be. So as a, as a, as a book, how, you know, is how engaging is it? It's pretty good. I mean, like, it, I, usually I will, I read before I go to sleep, and usually it's a comic book, and half the time, because I'm so fucking tired, it's, it's one of those situations where, you know, which is why I don't read like omnibus anymore because the if it falls and hits me in the face while I'm like trying to read, it hurts. You know, this is this is hilarious. Yeah, because like you can't read an omnibus like laying down easily, yeah. right? Like you need to you need to read it on like a wizard stand. Exactly. You know, but I try to regardless lay down and read, but um, it's it's engaging enough that I'm not falling asleep while reading it. Okay. As I would. And we are we are joined by Victor Padilla, saying hi to the dogs, tribe dogs. Where's Leo? He's in, he's in bed. Is he? Like in the car? No. Like that's illegal. Like he's behind the desk. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Um, it's good. It's engaging. Uh, it's even just him. He's he's a very articulate person, and and I don't know how much of it is him actually writing, but based upon his interviews that I've listened to, it's it very well could be him writing the book. So mm-hmm. it's good. But it's it's re- reigniting the fire of of just jujitsu passion in me to to get me out on the mats and makes you want to do more jujitsu with strikes. Yeah, because that's what it is. <laughs> you want to get samurai swords out? No, not yet, not yet. Actually, interestingly, Japan is like the last chapter of it. So what do you mean? It's a lot in the book. In the book, yeah. So I think because he's he's writing the book chronologically, so I don't know how they structure it in the. Oh, so how they filmed it chronologically yeah. of the story of creating it. Okay. Because yeah, so. I, I guess they're supposed to debunk the whole Maeda thing. So Really? Yeah. It's pretty, I, I, that's, what, that's what's got me engaged, right? Because I'm, I'm invested in this, right? I've, I've been involved in this sport now for 15 plus so years. say Maeda wasn't the guy? No. He's like, from everything I'm reading so far. Like, what about Kano before? Like, is he still part of the whole thing? Well, of course. Kano in, invented Okay. Judo. So we're not, so, we're not, we're not, we're not tearing. Yeah, no, we're not like, yeah, like breaking okay. all of the oh, iconoclasts. Is like <laughs> okay. <laughs> not tearing so down. So who all is the it? Idols. Who's the? It's like his instructor or his like his his assistant. Oh, so Maeda was like the figurehead. Yeah, but, and then he. But he had he had. But a, he had his dudes teaching like you know. And they knew their. And they were the ones, and it wasn't even, like. And he's he's gone through all these interviews. It's pretty interesting, like how. Like, if you look at early interviews, it was like, this guy, I forgot what his name is, who taught Carlos, and Carlos taught his brothers, and then, like, over time, it became, like, Helio didn't even, like, was taking class also, but then all of a sudden, somewhere along the line in the the narrative history, Helio wasn't even taking classes, and he uses magical Helio brain to, like watch classes and start teaching and he was actually the one who who revolutionized brazilian jiu-jitsu and invented it per se so 
and modified it to become, you know, for the smaller, weaker man. So, but uh, I'm I'm interested to see when they start deep diving and and interviewing all the contemporaries of Carlos and and Helio. So, well, I uh, and I mean I'm not I'm not the most uh, well known like not well known I'm not the most well read when it comes to the history of jujitsu and you know I'm I've just aware of the too, ge- so I'm just like, aware of the general you know like. This guy Maeda came to Brazil, and he taught jujitsu. And one of the people that learned was the Gracie family. And then the Gracie took it and made it their own, and propagated it, and then brought it to the states. And then, you know, the whole hoist thing at UFC, and now yeah, here we are. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the the super Cliff Notes version. Yeah, that's right. But I went down a rabbit hole. Did you know a small rabbit hole? Let's call it a a prairie dog hole. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that would be deeper than a rabbit hole. Dogecoin's going up, by the way. <laughs> I'm sorry? Dogecoin going up. Oh. <laughs> oh, I cashed in on that, baby. Oh, here we go. <laughs> anyway, sir. Right to the moon, baby. To the moon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. Tomorrow's 420 day. It's going to be Doge day. It's going to hit a dollar, bub. <laughs> so the um, the story of, of Kimura. Masahiko Kimura. Yeah, yeah, so I did not realize that I thought Kimura was the Japanese name for the... No, yeah. I did not know that was not the case. Ligurami, bro. So that was, it was just like, so, you know, when, when you hear the catch wrestlers like Ryan say, it's a double wrist lock. Is bro. that what stemmed you into the... <laughs> yes. He's like, oh, God. And then I, I said, double wrist lock. And it's funny because I've heard other people talk about like, it's not a Kimura, it's a double wrist lock. I've heard other people say that. I've heard ham- hammer lock too, right? Um... I've not, I don't know. I've, I've heard double wrist lock. It's a double wrist. Um, a hammerlock's gate, like pro wrestling, I think. So like, um, what's the guy's name? But double wrist lock, yeah. I've, I've, I've seen that from, from like Tony well, Cicchine, the fucking catch wrestler. I was thinking there's a catch wrestler that, that Josh Barnett was under. Oh, or um, from, what's his name? Billy Rob. Billy, Billy Robinson, Robinson yeah. yeah. Double wrist lock, double wrist lock. Okay, fine. They also, they don't, they don't triangle their hands there. They so, do two hands on one. So. But, yeah, I mean, same, same movement. What's interesting is same, that. Same breaking pressure. The history, as I found out about why it's called the Kimura, yeah. is literally the same reason we call the clock choke a Xander here. It's yeah. like a guy hits it. I mean, that's what a Dars is, is Joe Dars was hitting a top. Diarce. Is it Diarce? That, and that's how Danaher pronounced it. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Diarce. Well, I mean, he's one of his students, I guess. Yeah, and he's just hitting a top triangle. So it, he, he was, it was named after him. Yeah. And I probably should have known this already. They right? Like... Yeah, but I mean, a Kimura, like being the being the um, the uh, ignorant the person that I was, movie, yeah. I was like, it sounds Japanese, like a Japanese name. Well, it's a Japanese surname. It's right, not. Right, yeah. It's not like a Japanese name. And I'm and I'm I'm actually under, starting to understand that the Japanese terms for moves are extremely specific, specific and uh, um, like cold. Like yeah, it's just, just what it is. Yeah, so it's like Jujikatami is it's just cross, cross arm lock, cross arm. That's it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, but that's that's good for. I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not, like, I'm not. But what I'm saying is, it never occurred to me like Kumor is like, oh, it's just a cool name that the Japanese. Call. No, it's the Brazilians were like, yeah. oh, he got Kimurad, just like he got Xandered. Yeah, like, like, yeah. like basically, it's like they're saying he got Xandered. But now we don't associate that. It's like, oh, he just got Kamoured from the closed guard. What? Yeah. It's like, 
You just called, like, you just shouted out the dude who made it famous because he broke Helio's arm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he popped his shoulder. So, anyway, I thought that was one of those little mic, little mic, uh, light bulb, light bulb moments that I went you're on. like, ooh, ding. So, what do you want to talk about, Chris? Because you said you got a lot on your mind. Oh, it's just nerd stuff, though. We, we kind of started out a second ago because you, you and I haven't had a chance to watch or to chat about the, the Snyder Cut. The, <laughs> free it. the Snyder Cut. Yeah. I'm more interested, Release the Snyder I'm Cut. I'm more interested in the uh, Kong versus Godzilla cut down to 40 minutes where it's just the the big guys going at it Dude, like eliminate the humans from the <laughs> yeah like so first <laughs> like off, any I time the humans come on so by the way godzilla versus kong or is it kong versus godzilla i don't godzilla? even know all we, i know is monkey punch dude it was awesome <laughs> amazing right like it's like pacific rim <laughs> Like, and, amazing. And I'm waiting for the Pacific Ring robots to, to show up because it's owned by the There's same. There's got to be. Uh, is it really? I think it is. I think it's legendary. I think they all have. The, I think the rights are all there. So I want to bring then Pacific Rim bring into the monster. Bring mechs into this and just so punch each do, other. Do I care that there's like an inside world and you have to go through like a, a time warp, <laughs> yeah, like, like black hole that reverses gravity <laughs> like, and we have spaceships to do it and they're just going to do it without trying. Because... I don't need a sympathetic hero when it's a giant fucking monkey wielding an axe. <laughs> yeah. I don't need that shit. Like, like, what, like when he picked up an axe and beat his chest, I was like, <laughs> like yes. Like this, <laughs> this, this is, is Conan Khan. This is 2020's <laughs> redemption right here. Um, so um, if you're into, also Tokyo got, was it Tokyo or Hong Kong? I mean, Godzilla would be yeah, Tokyo. Tokyo. Japanese, right? Yeah. So. What was the city that they destroyed? Oh, I don't know. Do we even care? That poor city got raised. Oh, yeah. I mean, and what's like, funny is all the shit that Man of Steel got for, like, that's wanton destruction of Metropolis. Like, and that oh, was to, you know, like. Ne- yeah, like needless urban destruction. Yeah, and that's it's like, it's bad. But when it's a giant taste, lizard doing it? When, no yeah, problem. <laughs> dude, they destroyed. Dude, Kong. Re- re- I'm sorry, guys. Spoilers for the movie. Dude, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I was. They need to figure this out from the characterization. Dude, they then. spoiled this movie. I was the movie was spoiled to me, like in terms of plot, and it had no impact on my enjoyment of watching it. Oh, dude, this is not. So anyway, dude, this guy pop, Kong pops his shoulder yeah, back like, in place by slamming it into like a skyscraper <laughs> and destroying <the> skyscraper. <laughs> but he was saving us. He was protecting us, so it's fine. The uh, dude, yeah, that was that was what we needed. That was yeah. So anyway, the Snyder Cut was the opposite. That was like, show us all the content. This was, dude, I don't need to see the humans, man. I don't need the subplots. Yeah. Just, I, I didn't even know, because I had never seen the second Godzilla movie, King of, King of the Monsters. I have not seen that. I've I saw never, bits of the first that's one. That's why some of it didn't make sense to me. Like, Well, dude, I think you, without even seeing the movie, there's still stuff that doesn't make sense. Like, they, like the fact that, oh, Godzilla has to hunt down the other Titans. So if, if, yeah. he, gets, if he gets scent of Kong, he's going to attack him. I was like, when was that established anywhere? Yeah, like, like, and I haven't looked. I was like, it must have been in Kong, you know, Skull Island nope. that I missed. Nope, it's not there. Like, nope. Nope. <laughs> so that was just, that was just there. <laughs> it's like obviously, <laughs> Titan <I> mean, logic, <laughs> monster logic. So I thought that was, uh, I thought that was awesome. But it's I, all. But life is a matter of expectation, right? Like, people aren't like they tried to do the fucking first Godzilla movie with the one with Chow Yun Fat and stuff. I'm snoring again. Big dog over there. Um, where he, they're like, oh, the force of nature, uh, man, and all. So I'm like, yeah, we, we don't need that. Was what, this an we, Ang Lee movie? No. Yeah, I know, right? Like, <laughs> oh, the, the, the human condition and how the lizards and the coexist. We, we, we don't need that. Just, just fucking kick over a building. I need to see 
basically the last five minutes of Power Rangers happening. Right, where just everything gets big and just buildings get knocked over with a giant building sword. So, so what's funny is that I, and again, I'm not a connoisseur of these movies. I just enjoyed this one. There was, I guess, a lot of flack about how dark the previous movies were. Yeah, because when they fought, it was like dark. And in particular, the first one that started this whole universe was actually almost like, that was like around the time the Cloverville happened, where the rage was like, let's show like sensationalistic stuff, but from shaky cam, like on the ground. So it was like a lot of that Godzilla, you never never saw Godzilla, you saw like his big leg, you know, stomp in front of people. So it's always like yeah, you saw parts of it. That doesn't him. work though when I'm not saying it's, it's supposed yeah, to work. Yeah, I'm just like, saying it's like that so there was that and then in the King of Monsters, I, I my understanding was it was like everything was like dark and really? lightning. So it was like you could you could hardly see anything. Hmm. So this one was they're fighting in daytime or they're fighting in With neon, neon, to- yeah, neon like. Tokyo. So it was like you got to see everything. And and look, did I think that was an actual gigantic, you know, gorilla? I mean, no, it was CG, but it didn't matter. You know, yeah. it was just, it was, it was fun. Again, when the human showed up, all we, all I cared about was when they unshackled him right away. We were like, let Kong fight for real. <laughs> it's not a fair fight. Like very basic tropes were awesome. It was like, it's not a fair fight. It's not a fair but, fight. But like the tropes started somewhere, right? Like, and- yeah, but, but they're like, they're like independent of like monster movies. This is just like, Storytelling, yeah, it's just like good, it's like it's like Gladiator. It's yeah. like what they stab Gladiator, so it's not a fair fight. Right, you know what right, I mean? Right. So it's like Kong's not getting a fair fight at the beginning, you know. But were you on a particular team, Team Kong or Team Godzilla? Man, I, I it was what was it? I was watching it Easter. I think it was. Oh, what a way to celebrate yeah. Easter! Then. Yeah, <laughs> I was like I, I, I did it. I, I, I have no emotional stake in primate or lizard, so I just wanted to see. Urban destruction. Dude, I loved. I loved that. Uh, God, dude, if we ever have, if if oil companies could figure out a way to contractually get Godzilla to drill for them, yeah, like, dude, he just breathed his way to the center of the. <laughs> <laughs> like what? By the way, there's like a lava fissure now in Tokyo, or something. <laughs> so I don't understand how that whole works. Where he has a spider sense, where things go off, where there's anybody that's like. Another alpha lizard, an alpha, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> shows up. He's like, I, I think play. that was kind of the case. I don't even remember, man. That that the, the first movie was so terrible. Like, so like, anyway, yeah, Kong versus Godzilla. That was enjoyable. That was, that was enjoyable. Yeah. Um, so you're not a fan of the uh, no no Army of the Dead for you? Oh, so I saw the trailer for that. Such a good trailer. Someone actually, I think beautifully I know, constructed trailer. asked a very great question, which is in a zombie apocalypse, why do we care about Getting two hundred yeah, million dollars. Yeah, Ryan. Oh yeah, it was, and I, I'll give him. I'll give him all the credit in the world. That's a great point. Because I mean, so how? But you don't know. Okay, so I'm going to be a little Snyder apologist here because I. I mean, what, what's what's the, what's the currency? Because you don't know what is going to happen, right? Like you're, we're looking at it from the standpoint of we know we've we've seen. Somebody said something pretty interesting where the the idea of the Walking Dead. The The Walking Dead takes place in a in a world where George Romero never made the movie Night of the Living Dead. I'm going to assume the same for the Snyderverse of zombies. So, like, we don't know, and they don't know, that A, it's... Well, I don't know yet, but 
for example, in Dawn of the Dead, they don't know that it's happening really everywhere until they're like in it, right? And they don't know that there's not going to be any further civilization, right? All they know is they just need to survive at that very moment. So like you don't know cause, because we can't put our frame of reference in their shoes because we're not experiencing it firsthand. We don't know what sort of resources matter and what don't at that moment. Right? I mean, we don't know the universe fully, but it's a valid, given what we saw. Yes. It's a valid, like, this is interesting. How are they going to explain it? But so keep in mind, they go down in the hole to do a Ocean's Eleven heist and come up 36 hours later and they're like, fuck, the world has been taken over by zombies. Oh, that's the premise? Yeah. I, okay. So they're, they're, it's not happening. Oh, so I thought it happened. I think it happens while they're underground. Oh, I thought they were, I thought they were aware, like, we all know they're zombies and he got contract. So that, that changes. Oh, is that what it is? That's not what I gathered. Cause like, it's still the normal. So we don't know. Yeah. I guess we'll find out in May 21st. By the way, is that based off a comic book or anything? No, no, no. I don't think so. So it's it's purely Snyder's invention. Yeah. Cause Snyder, I mean like he's got a good, which is kind of weird because like, it's got kind of, kind of like the whole Morlocks thing going on from I am legend. Okay, yeah. Because he's like, oh, they're organized. I'm like, eh. Oh, and they're intelligent. Yeah, like, what's what's going on here? Like, I know. They have, like, it looks like they had elections, and they yeah, voted and for like, mayor. Ah, you know, <laughs> the like, zombie mayor. <laughs> you know? It was a little weird. And, and zombies have, like, given, and now there are given how tigers. they look. But then, yeah, they're zombie tigers. And there's zombie, to... zombie jewelry. Yeah. What, with the, 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 the go-go dancer girl? Yeah. I mean, she, well, she just, what if she just got bit while she was dancing? Yeah, I mean they're not going to go change, right? I mean, I, I, mean, I guess we, what we don't know is the timeline of all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, it did have an army. Zombies. It did, ha- yeah. So it had an army of Z, uh, World War Z, World War Z. Yeah, vibe the, the super in terms just, of like just Zerg rushing. Yeah, like, where they where they're literally crawling over each other. Yeah, and like at some how, point how do build they, a wall? <laughs> exactly. How do you climb a wall? They just run into it and, and build and, it, and they become the wall, right? They they actually did that concept in Game of Thrones too. Oh, did they? When the with the army of the dead, when they finally attacked, there was this kind of thing where it was just a mass. So it was almost like they they were I don't know if they, they were accumulating. They would accumulate. Yeah, like, yeah, they would just sacrifice themselves. Like, oh, there's a fire. Let's just fall into the fire and put it out ourselves. Which is funny because that's a uh, a part of the Spartacus legend. Oh. Yeah, so to cross like a bridge, like a land, like a small land bridge, they had, they, cre- oh, God, I have to go back and watch it again. Because our history comes from Spartacus, yeah, blood and sand, yeah, not I, books. <laughs> um, actually, it might have been Spartacus' vengeance, but whatever season. Yeah, yeah the blood and sand was the... I mean, hey, whatever. The uh, yeah, that. If was you know what we're talking good. about, you know what we're talking about. Very gratuitous for the eighteen to thirty-five males out <laughs> yeah. there. Probably fourteen to <laughs> more like yeah, fourteen, 14 to twenty-five. <laughs> yeah. The uh, maybe twelve nowadays is <laughs> <laughs> getting younger. What is it? Like? <laughs> Jesus. Um, I, I want to say that was a part of that myth where they just the more guys they killed was like built up their bridge to cross something okay. like some sort of mountain pass. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm super, I, I just, that was my introduction. Well, I think it was everybody's introduction to Snyder was Dawn of the Dead. So, cause he had prior to that had directed music videos. So I never saw Dawn of the Dead. Oh, I saying? was only aware of, of him through 300. That was, the, oh, that was wow. when I put Dawn of the Dead is great, man. Like it's a universally accepted 
very good remake, reboot, whatever. I don't know the difference between a remake and a reboot is, of the 80s or 70s version of Dawn of the Dead, where it was taken a little bit Which is the one with symbolism. that B-movie actor that everyone likes so much? What's like uh B-movie actor? Yeah, he's like a famous... Oh, God, this guy was huge. He, he had the the chainsaw for an arm. Oh, Army of the Dead. Army of... No, 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 that's Army, Army of Darkness. Army of Dark. Okay. That's that would be that Return name? of the Living. No, oh God, Evil, Evil Dead, and then Evil Dead Two, and then mid, and then Evil Dead Three was supposed to be called Medieval Dead, but they changed it to Army of Dark. Oh, that was Sam Raimi. That was Raimi. Yeah, he did Spider Man. Bruce Campbell's the guy I'm thinking of. Yeah, who incidentally was in he was in he was in Spider Man, right? He was in Spider Man. He was he was the the announcer when Spider-Man fought uh, Macho Man Randy Savage or Bone, Bonesaw McGraw. I think, this, I think this guy could be a great character actor in, like, I think he, like, if I was, if I was, uh, he was in all the, all the Spider-Mans. Yeah, because Raimi loves him. Yeah. He, so, he's like the. So if I were um, making a Marvel movie, he's the I, Michael would, Bean I would put to, him in. Uh, oh. To James Cameron. Well, guess what? He's going to be in Doctor Strange. The Multiverse of Madness, which is directed by Sam Raimi. Is he really? So he's going to be in there, baby. God, I just, I just hope they don't do that fucking trope where it's like the camera immediately behind the claw or the vine. I, I hate that. It looks well, so cheesy. I just think I think he's like he. I don't know. I, I think he, he will. It will tickle certain fans that he's there, and he'll do a fine job. at, yeah, yeah, at yeah. a bit role, he'll bring. He's got a little I mean, gravitas. Super... He'll bring a little gravitas to like a bit role. Because it's like, yes. shit, they got Bruce Campbell to do this. It's hilarious. Yeah, you know what so, I, mean? I mean? So it's going to make this even more interesting. Um, just like when, when um, uh, J.K. Dobbins or J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Showed up. Oh, in, 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 at the end yeah, of uh, exactly. uh, Far From Home. Yeah. So yeah. it's like that could have been played by any actor. But the fact it was him. No, it had to be him, though. He's, he, he, well, I, I can't. <laughs> anyway. He's a fucking menace, dude. I mean, you got to. So um, let's keep this let's keep this show going then with yeah. with, with this. Have you been watching uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yeah, but okay. So I'm caught up completely. Yes, I'm 100 percent caught up. Okay, so major spoilers. So if you guys are watching this and you're not caught up, shut it off for the next 25. Maybe minutes. this is going to kill. Oh, I don't know if we're going to talk for 25 minutes. We'll see. No, man. <laughs> um, our BGJ and Bruce was like, God. Damn it! They're going down. This Where is this? Line. When are they? Where is the jujitsu in this? <laughs> I'll tell Chris GSP's in it. Hey, he's, he sh- he shows up again. I he, yeah. He's and, I, and I'm impressed with his performance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's start giving some context here. I hugely loved the arc of movies that ultimately led up to the final two movies of Infinity War and Endgame. Yes. And I also followed enough to know that a lot of those major actors, and they made a big deal of it, they literally signed off at the end of Endgame in the credits oh, with yeah. a major... Because like, like they're Trek. like, I don't need to keep this cash cow <laughs> coming. Disney was like, you know, we could take that $50 million we're paying Robert Downey Jr. Like, <laughs> and spread it across <laughs> yeah. Paul Bettany, yeah, so many people. the other Olsen. So many people. <laughs> like, so... so Anyway, so those beloved characters, right? Those are those. They were the backbone of the of the of the movies, and now. The back, oh, are you talking about like Cap? Yeah, Iron, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those guys were. So now we're confronted with this new model of 
episodic TV? Are they replacement for movies? Are they alternatives? Like what's, and I'm sure there's some business logic for why they're doing it this way. But at the end of the day, we got an eight episode arc or 10 episode arc with WandaVision. I think it was nine. 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 Okay. Yeah. Nine episodes. Nine, nine 30 minute episodes. With the last two being a little longer. Yes. So. And that was ultimately a satisfying experience. Yes. I enjoyed it. However, maybe it was because I'm seeing that Marvel logo, Marvel Studios logo every time. And I associate that with a big movie. And granted, there were movies I went to that, that weren't that good. Dark World, right? Like, you know. Don't, don't, don't remember anything about it. But, Doctor Strange. But, yeah, I said it. Garbage. But, you know, I enjoyed that ride. Now I'm watching 30 minutes a week. 20, and, 22. 22. Really? Yeah, yeah, because the end credits are like 10 minutes long. Yeah. The longest end and credits. And no F. fucking thing until this last one. It's always the second to the last one. They Is did, that what it they is? They did second to the last in really? WandaVision too. Man, they've trained us we, really I, well. I don't know. God anyway, why I'm going on this long diatribe here is my ultimate feeling about WandaVision was I like what they were trying to see, what they were trying to do. I saw that they advanced the the overall arc of both of those characters, like Wanda's character yeah. advanced, Betty's character Vision was you know advanced. Yeah, yeah, very much so. So, what I didn't like was I felt like they stretched what could have been to me half you could have done this in half the the time but they they attached themselves to let's keep people in the dark and have fun with let's do i love lucy but let's do the dick van dyke show let's the medium in which it was told perfectly yes and i think in the fact that that watching television was actually a key component of the the main story that gets uncovered later on. Was Super inter- meta. Was, it was interesting. So meta. Yeah, and I, I like that, but it, it still was like they dragged it out. Like there was a lot of, it felt like watching. It wasn't a Netflix drag out though. It wasn't that decompressed. Mm, no, but I think it was just weird to see these characters stretched out like they would on a TV. Like I, I, I felt like there's a difference between watching Game of Thrones and let's say Dr. House. Of all, both of which I've watched neither. So. Okay. Yes. So let's, let's, let's change it. Well, I, uh, there's a difference between... Break, have you seen Breaking Bad? Nope. God damn it, dude. Okay, the, I guess the thing about like... Hey, the dogs are, are not... They're not like... They sense. They, they can s- sense. They, they sense that I haven't watched Breaking Bad. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm no, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I guess what my point is, is um, have you watched any of the CW shows? Nope. Two Dawson's Creek for me. Dude, how, like, what, what TV do you, do you watch any TV? I mean, I, you, you know what I watch. I'm talking about it right now. Okay, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is, in that Dr. And, House, that and now granted, it doesn't make sense, because it, it, I will say it's, it's not a fair comparison, because a lot of House's seasons would be like 20 episodes. Like 20 episodes in a season. It's a half a year, right? Yeah, yeah, right? But point being is like, most of those episodes were self-contained stories where where at the very end there was a little like there was the overarching plot was touched on and it nudged forward slightly this has done a lot with the cw shows like if you watch the early arrow or how or that's just how good comic book storytelling is too right i guess 
Like you leave it's but six issues. The, the they, issue with WandaVision, and, and then if you go to Game of Thrones, especially towards the end, each episode was like its own fucking movie, like a big chapter that was pretty epic. But was there a, was there a distinct beginning and end in each of those episodes? A lot of, uh, there were big beats hit. Okay. Okay. Now. Now compare that with Wanda the Netflix v- show, which was so much decompression, where there's no distinct beginning. Are we, talk, are we talking about like Daredevil and stuff? Yeah. So I, let, 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 we'll, we'll get to Daredevil in a sec. This those thing, are so poorly done. Uh, the Daredevil's great. It's, it's, so when it comes to this show, WandaVision. WandaVision. And again, we're, we're doing this all as set up for Falcon. <laughs> but the thing with WandaVision was I felt like there wasn't a self-contained story in those first few episodes. It was more like, look at the gimmick, which is, they're in 50s television land. Why are they there? And then they just plant a couple seeds, but you're just sitting there trying to figure out what's going on. And I felt they abused that for a few too many episodes. For, for four episodes. For four episodes. Yeah. Then they got to Malcolm in the Middle, you know, and then they did Modern Family. I thought it was all very well done, but I almost felt like the writers and producers had so much fun with the idea of, oh, let's copy Modern Family and how would that look like? But they, they took advantage of the audience's trust and love of Marvel that they're going to sit through this before the final three episodes really kicked into gear with, with the plot, you know? I think, though, like... Because my point is nothing... It's yeah. one thing to have a self-contained episode. The Fugitive, if you talk about... God, now we're talking old school. Like, The Fugitive, classic serial... You mean, like, like, like in not the, the Harrison Ford No, I'm talking about, like, the, in the 60s or something yeah, when they the did... The one Man, yeah, like, the original. Like, that show was all about Richard Kimball is on the run. Yeah. That's the overall arc. But he'd show up in a town and, they'd be, you know, a kid broke his leg and he yeah. finds a way to help the kid, you know, save him and he goes so on his way, right? Like sounds that, a lot like the Incredible Hulk. Too. Yeah. <laughs> my, but my point is, is that what was lacking in WandaVision to make me feel like I'd got my, quote, time's worth, not money's worth, but time's worth in watching that singular episode. You wanted to see where it was going to pay off. If there was a self-contained plot within that that was on its own, I would have felt okay. more Fair like... Enough. Fair, but as an overall story, very useful, but I just, and, and the, 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 the exploration of, hey, let's, let's put them in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, 80s, and the 2000s, or whatever it was in terms of television yeah. eras, that was cool, but ultimately I felt like this could have been done in four episodes. Oh, really? Yeah. Man, you thought, you thought it was that decompressed? Yes, I do. I really? think I think they 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 hung on like the story advanced very little the first seven episodes and then the final two dude the final episode was too packed yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Way, like way, I, way, I think way. I think the final episode was too compressed yes so okay so that's being said so each I, of the the, con- the central conflicts happening in the final two episodes could have been an episode in and of themselves yeah. exactly so I was kind of like okay there was that and I was like it's an interesting exp- I appreciated the experiment of it. And I was like, it's I would, new. I would yeah, have given like, it like a B or B minus. Still pretty fucking good. Yeah, yeah, well, it's still because, pretty good, right? Well, like, because, I, because I'm a fanboy, like I, yeah. you know, I'm not going to give it. A, um, then Falcon the Winter Soldier comes. I know everyone said it's going to be Lethal Weapon. Is that no? Is that, that what is that what people are comparing it to? Because it's it's the buddy cop thing, okay, right? Yeah. And. I watched the first episode, was like, this is horseshit. I watched yeah. the second episode, this is horseshit. Really? And then it got, every episode got progressively better. Okay. And now, 
I really like where they're going with it. But God, it started off like, it started off with them trying to do something to me that was unnecessary, which is like, like shock and awe us with big set pieces that had no impact on, the, like to me, what makes this story interesting is they're exploring the, what I think I guess was retconned, the history of how, you know, the serum was made. Yeah. And the, the, the ugly history and the very well, that's, immoral that's, history. That's in the comics. So. I know it's in the comics. Yeah. But oh, I, but they're reconning it from the, the MCU. Yeah, that's true. Because, like, they distinctly talk about... I mean, I don't think when they invented Captain America, they said this is going to be the real origin of the serum. The origin of the serum came yeah, after... So true. this was a retconned idea anyway. Yeah. But the point is, is that that's a... Uh, an on-the-ground drama, not a I'm flying through the sky, going like, into helicopters. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like, so I think that's where some producer somewhere is like, we got to check the boxes for the trailer. Mm. When in fact, what's the strength of this is not even the, the fucking bad guys. It's the uncovering of this is how Cap... This is the history of Captain America... Captain America went off and saved people unilaterally at, in his time and was praised for it. Yeah, but another it's... guy did it before and was lambasted. And what's the main difference between those two yeah. characters? And now Ooh. this new guy. Yeah. So, <laughs> like... so that to me is compelling. That to me is, is what I found interesting. Some people might not like it because it, they're like, we don't want to introduce it's a little, political commentary. It's really heavily. It is. It's not. It's, it's very, not subtext. Heavy, it's yeah. text. Yeah, I heard that one. Yeah. It's like it's a little heavy-handed. It's I'm a little like, on I, the I nose. I get it. I get it. You, I get know. It, you know, especially right now. Like, and then people will be well. I don't think they could have predicted, like this show episode coming out. Right, what's yeah. happened in the news? Yeah. You know. But the point is, like, oh, we don't want heavily politicized messaging in. You know, my marble stuff. I'm here to get away from the news. You know. But the point is, it's a to me, it's an interesting story. Yeah. So I'm liking it now. And again, I'm sitting there wondering why are the first, for my mind, because I guess you like the early episodes. It seems like, I don't know if it's filler. I don't know if it's they have an edict to do something, but. Well, what do to, you always open a comic with in general? What do you open? Think of Age of Ultron, right? Like it's them just, it's, you have to open with a splash page. You're going to draw the reader in. You don't have to. Sure you do. It's visual storytelling. That, that's what, who's more important a comic book, the writer or the artist? Uh, I mean, they they both work hand in hand. What distinguishes a comic book from? <laughs> I mean, there's visuals, prose. Yeah, yeah there's there's visuals it's that a go visual along with opponent, it. Right? It's visual. It's it's tell it's storytelling via pictures. Right? You can't have. You can have. You can most certainly have a comic book without. Uh, without words. Mm-hmm. You can't have a comic book without art. Just like you can have a movie without sound before they came talkies, right? So No, I, yeah, by definition, yeah. yeah I'm so not I'm not it's more it's more important. But just because it's by definition they're images doesn't mean the images are more or less important. It's True. a critical it's it's a defining feature but, of of the medium. But just the, the I think it's But understand the, that yeah. but but hang on. The opening of Ultron culminate was it was a splashy thing yeah. but it culminated with an event that triggered that Ultron. had ramifications yeah. of the plot the opening of falcon and the winter soldier 
did very little to really set the ball in motion for anything. I think it was their opportunity to... Like, so, I think the MCU now is sort of falling to the trap of just comic books in general, where you're trying to, A, bring in new readers while also appeasing the existing fan base. It's a constant challenge. I would agree with that. And existing fan base wants continuity, right? Like, how can Spider-Man be talking in this episode of whoever with a broken arm when I know he broke his arm last month and you know just that the nonsense right the comic book guy from the Simpsons the fucking (laughs) nonsense that we've created and the hell we've created for writers Um, and I think that's what Falcon Winter Soldier is doing right you I remember there's an edict that was talked about in the 90s I think from up above in Marvel Comics where regardless of story you're telling you have to without exposition showcase every metahuman's powers so it would be that's why they would draw on some fucking panel of like oh an invisible woman like sneaking up on ben to wake him up while he's taking a nap or some nonsense right like are that metahumans from dc or yeah i'm sorry just (laughs) cardinal sin (laughs) cardinal yeah yeah sorry (laughs) um but just that sort of nonsense and so there i think they're doing something like that where Falcon is doing his thing. He's being the Falcon, right? And, and Bucky's doing his thing where he's being the, uh, I'm the assassin guy, blah, 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 and trying to find a way to show their backstory without showing their backstory. You know, like show, don't tell. I think that's why they did that. I, I, just, I, I just felt like I mean, they were doing the pearls thing, right? The the Batman pearls thing. Yeah, but I mean, that would be more for Bucky's stuff, but just that whole set piece where they spent, felt like eight to 10 minutes just flying through the air, through canyons and stuff for no particular reason. Like, yo, Falcon. Falcon is the Falcon, but he's going to become Captain America. But what what makes the battles interesting is when there's stakes and when you're invested in what led to that battle like yeah you know when when those three guys thor cap and iron man are there looking at that battlefield and there's thanos sitting there yeah and it's like does he have the gauntlet nope and you like there's a lot of story that led up to that whereas when you open with a said piece that goes that long I don't know. I mean, it just didn't. It didn't work for me, you know. And maybe that's because I'm not fans of the characters. Like, like we haven't been yeah. with the characters, so it's like I need to. Then there's that whole thing where, again, I felt like it was written by two different people. It's like those first episode, two episodes or so, I felt like were written by completely different people than the people who wrote the last four or the last three, because there was like wizards, robots, and aliens. Oh, that's sort of like that quippy. Yeah, that that's the lethal weapon side yeah, yeah, that everyone yeah. was talking about. So. And then you get into the actual plot and you talk about, you know, do I take the mantle or not? And yeah. what goes along with that? And, and, and also that whole, that whole scene, again, the person, I would be shocked, but I could be completely wrong. But I felt like in the opening episode, there was a hugely cliched, both guys sitting in front of a therapist and they got to work yeah. things out. 
and then they have to look at each other in the eyes and do all this stuff. And then there's a conversation that those two have in the last episode that's along the lines of therapy talk. Yeah. And that was more natural. It held so much more weight and, and just felt more uh, appropriate for the series. And but the, isn't and that the, also both of their growth? as people reluctantly working together. I just felt like it was, I'm not I'm saying the one scene was out of touch. I just felt like the way it was, the way it was directed, it was like directed like buddy comedy. Yeah, like, yeah. don't look into my eyes. Are you doing the staring game? You know what I mean? Where, yes, if you just look at Cliff Notes, like they had therapy and it didn't go well, yeah. then yes, that thing. Were, but if you actually look at how it was executed, it's like, it undermined the purpose of they had therapy and it didn't work. It was like, this is a comedy bit. Yeah. Right? So I think the fact that they shifted tones, now in a way that shifted tones, I enjoyed the new, the new tone of the, yeah, it's of very, the show. It's but, very in line with Winter Soldier and... Yeah, and, and, and that whole thing with, you know, seeing what the shield was used. I guess we, we, we can spoil it, so who cares? But the guy who's currently Captain America, yeah. I thought he decapitated the guy, but I guess he caved the guy's chest in. Is that what it was? I mean, I wanted to see the guy's head get decapitated. But basically, he smashed... I, I was under the impression it was, he was Decapitation? Yeah. Okay, so let's say he decapitated... Because it was paying homage to cap, cap decapitating a vampire back in Eastern Europe in one of the... Like some comic back in the day. Where okay, was, like, that was, I like, had no idea that that happened. Yeah, like there's a famous scene of him. Okay, like, ah, yeah. okay. So but it did. wasn't John Walker. It was so it ends... Steve. So there's a very... I mean, it ends with... Him picking up it's everyone. It's kind of hard to watch. Like, I, I don't like watching stuff like it that. It was man. brutal without being brutal. Yeah. It, it, imply, it was implied brutality. Yeah. So, you know, he puts the shield back on, and there's this blood on it. And yeah, it's just it's like... Very... So I, I, I thought that was like, good. Now they're going somewhere. And then they're talking about the history of... Which, again... Everybody's watching this point. Maybe so. people don't like they're going in that direction. But... I can see... I can see... I, I suspect... I, I can totally certain, see pushback. Yeah. But independent of that... I like that they're trying it yeah. and it's I mean, a good it's, choice and it makes it more interesting to me. Yeah. So anyway, those are my thoughts. I've talked a lot. I should not be talking as much. Go for it. What it are your good. thoughts? I mean, like I, I'm enjoying the series a lot. Uh, even the first two episodes, I, I think, um, any more, and we've kind of chatted about this where I've just much in the line of, I just want gorilla punching lizard. It's my, it's my, you know, like, what is the original purpose of a movie and entertainment back in the day was just to escapism, right? Like, I'm, I'm good with that. I don't, I don't need film necessarily all the time. Um, if it's kind of checking the boxes of my comic nerddom, I'm a, I'm a happy guy. And as long as it doesn't, as long as it's not a Ben Affleck Daredevil 20, 2002, I'm, I'm pretty happy. And, and Marvel's very good at doing the formula, so... I've enjoyed it quite a bit, and and I will say that the GSPs I need to see more of that. Batroc the Leaper, the Master of Savat, in there. Maybe that's why he grew his hair out for the role. Cause but he, he, but he's, his head shaved in. Oh yeah, it was yeah, filmed so before. Yeah, it was filmed before. It's, it's, it's going on now. Yeah, I'm just so used to like it's so jarring to see him with the with the it's with weird the blonde looking, spiky right? hair that I just. When I think of him in the show, I think he has the spiky blonde hair, but you're right, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. He's 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 yes. how he was in yeah. the beginning of Winter Soldier? Or is it Civil War? No, Winter Soldier. Is it Winter Soldier? Yeah, okay. Winter Soldier. Yeah. 
Because yeah, that boat scene. Yeah, because Civil War starts that fight in Sokovia. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. not Sokovia. It. It's a, no, no, they're they're having a meeting about Sokovia. Yeah, but there's like a fight. It opens with just a fight, and 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 oh no, that was Ultron. Ultron is when they're in Sokovia. Yeah, and that and they're attacking like the Nazi base or whatever the case is. Oh, then Civil War is the one where it starts with. Um, it's like very Scarlet Witch Scarlet blows Witch. something up, and they're on a boat, and they're yeah. Anyway, uh, it, it, it all, all blends it's together. Fucking twenty five movies, man. Yeah, what do you what do you want to do? So. so Let's go to the let's go to DC now. The Snyder Cut. Are we going to talk jujitsu? Let's talk some jujitsu. What's what's new in here? We we both coming up, coming off breaks here. We're back in our normal routine. Dude, we lost our whole jujitsu. Oh yeah, yeah. But we'll, we'll draw them back in. We'll I mean, we we have sexy if, voices if, if, according if, to Chico. So, oh, no. that's the kind of compliment you don't you don't brag about. He didn't say sexy. He said you guys have good radio voices. So, thank you, Chico. Thank you for listening. Yeah, appreciate it. But uh, so so we're back back in our groove here. Did you did you find that when you came back was your was your foundations class or just? I haven't taught a foundations class. Oh, you haven't yet? This oh, that's right, because you came back. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. I came like, back Sunday. I haven't. I haven't Every one guy's gonna come in in the sling. I yeah. I I don't know what to expect. Ankles there. are gonna be popped. They'll be like Noah. I. Uh, it's always weird when you come back from a reset. At least for me, any habit I had when rolling is gone and i i in a way i almost do better because like the are first you doing day what's back, naturally what you just want like to do. when i when i grappled on sunday and i don't know how hard people were going you know what i mean like I, you know i wasn't trying to go hard we should just do a universal i don't know how hard they were going yeah like that, that, that's, a, that, that, that's like the, the, the disclaimer everyone's yeah. like oh dude no just came back he was out with a cold let's go easy no um i just i was like I just want to make sure my legs dominate inside position when I'm in guard. And I'll be damned, dude. I didn't think about, I did not think about playing a guard. I just thought about, I just thought about keeping my legs. And I end up falling into a butterfly half position, into collar sleeve with feet on hips. I just like, that makes me so proud of you. So I just did that. And I found that just focusing on that instantly made my guards harder to pass so you're you're so i remember our conversation with paul actually almost a year ago today to the to the day <laughs> almost to the day a year ago and yeah, that's right it, actually you're right it, it, i just remember the <clears throat> i got the memory about it <clears throat> allergies i promise um and paul talks about how you know at first a white belt curriculum I had 45 techniques or whatever cases, right? And then like I pare it down and what do people really need to be a blue belt and blah, blah, blah. Are you going so minimalist that the only thing we need to teach people is top or bottom inside position? Yes, but I think there has to be some other stuff. Like it makes sense to me because I'm doing other things that maybe a beginner wouldn't do that I just do, you know, that's learned. So I think that's at play with what I'm doing. Okay. Meaning, like keeping your knees, like like you I think, like your knees to be able to get your feet on the inside. Like so, for example, when I was playing guard, I was not flat on my back. When I was playing an open guard, mm. you know, like I wasn't, uh, you know, I was like. And if you were flat, if you were on your back, your knees were immediately to your chest, and that sort of yeah, mindset. yeah. So, but there was just a lot of <clears throat> yeah, dude, just leg pummeling. Now, granted, those guys weren't passing super aggressively either. 
it was more just like trying to press her past from the yeah. knees and stuff. But just something simple like that removed possible errors. Because I just noticed, I was like, oh, yeah, sometimes I extend my leg. Or, or today, I was like, if I extend my leg and I miss with what I'm trying to do, retract my leg immediately. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like almost like a jab. Like, oh, hey, hey, hey. now yeah, come yeah. back, defend. Hey, hey. Back defense. So, yeah, just doing the leg pummeling was awesome. And then today, um, like I was telling you before I got started, uh, I, I, you know, I rolled at noon and I went with Paul. And for whatever reason, he, I, I want to say he escalated. I hope he didn't get the admission that I escalated. But we just started going faster and faster and faster. And it was kind of an up-tempo roll um, until he shut it down. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was fun. So, yeah, my point is you come in and... You haven't, you don't have that. It's like, I think, here's what I would say. It's like, if you train a lot, you get into a groove. And sometimes that groove is good. Sometimes that groove is bad. Like people talk about going on a hot streak or cold streak. And then you have to like interrupt it somehow. But I think what you also get into is a habit of doing the same thing again and again, because you don't have enough critical distance from what you're doing to like approach it with fresh eyes. You just keep doing the same things over and over, which is not bad. But now it I also came forces you, or not forces you, but you can potentially develop bad habits. You develop habits, yeah. I yeah. mean, you could get really good at one thing, but this was just refreshing to be like, I'm not going to think about playing De La Hiva guard. I'm going to think about dominating inside position with my legs. Yeah, and it was crazy how it worked. You know, I was like, damn. You know, but maybe that's because I know how to put my legs in a way that makes sense that you yeah. have to show a person, but maybe not. You know. Like, right. pass the guard, get to the head. Get by the legs and get to the head. Yeah. Get in between. Occupy here and here. Yeah. And then if you're on bop, bottom, make them fall over there. Yeah. Right? Like, just... If you want to tip someone over, you take away their, their post. It's, it's, it's just physics, right? Welcome to Physics 101 yeah, with the human just... body. Applied physics. That's what we should call jujitsu. Applied physics. So, it, it's good to be back. Like, anytime. Anytime you have a break, it's good to be back. How long are you going? A week and a half? Just a week. One week? Seemed like a lot longer now. Yeah. But it was really just a week. Um... But it wasn't like I had been uh, completely divorced of it altogether. Right? Yeah, yeah, well, I definitely was studying stuff for sure. I'm on an armbar rift. Are you? Jujigatami. Jujigatami. Juji, yeah, Jujigatami. Yeah, it's got to be the, the first. But we, we the say first. Ju, we, well, you say Juji. Yeah, Juji. <laughs> so very, uh, very. Armbars from everywhere. Is this in honor of uh, Joey? Um, this, the, the concept right now is to treat uh, Jujigatami as a pin and really? a controlling position. Okay. So and, spider web. And you, you should say. be funneling, you know, yes, you can get uh, flying arm bars. In, and, you know, flying arm bars kind of are a different beast. That's like you're going in fast and yeah. trying to get it. It's and, just, yeah, like bear trap. And that, that's, a different, that's a different philosophy. The philosophy here is whether you're attacking your armbar. The, the armbar can be attacked from three positions. Guard, top, back. So whether you're in side control or mount, that's considered top. Uh, you're in back mount or close guard. Where do you get your arm, their arm across their center line versus laterally yeah. so if you can enter from those three places cool the issue is the the philosophy is you're not trying to necessarily don't try to hit the armbar from those positions get to the jujigatami position which is a pin of the shoulders and head using your legs mm. secure position 
and then work the finish. If you armbar them before you get to that position, fine. Right. But the, the 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 philosophy was almost: I go for the armbar from guard, and I hook the leg, and, and roll them, sleep, and yeah. roll them into that pin position, and then work from there. And there's some different, the you know, a different posture that's being introduced that's very interesting, where you're not using symmetrical legs and you're not strictly perpendicular to their body. So you're using one arm to secure their arm and you're posting either on a, on your elbow or your hand as a prop. So you're actually mobile and you have light legs that allow you to pummel your legs into different configurations, depending on what you're trying to achieve. So it's very much a leg lock. What I like about it is it's very much like leg locks, which is, early leg lockers, and this is what I was told historically. I don't know from first-hand experience. snatch. You snatch and yeah. rip. And what's been introduced now with the modern leg locking game is it's not leg locks, it's leg entanglements right. with submissions. So you secure the leg with a I leg entanglement. entanglements is a little bit of a misnomer. And people, when you use the word entanglements, people <laughs> automatically envision in their head just sort of like, like literally just entangled, right? You're just spaghetti. But like... If you really break down what the entanglements are, it's it's a we're going back to hierarchies, right? Like it's hierarchies of position in which you're s- uh, slowly or systematically isolating whatever, and so so you're approaching because incidentally, I'm my goal is to do start doing kimuras from everywhere. I want to get to that after the arm bars. Are you? Okay. Because I... Why did you use arm bar? I saw a Robert Deagle video mm. on, on Instagram. Okay. And he demonstrated in one minute a plethora of options that blew my mind. That I was like, I need to look into this more. Hmm. So I, 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 I definitely saw that there was... A lot of knowledge there that I was not that looked valid. It was it was a technique demonstration. That was it. There was a lot of technique being demonstrated that looked very valid to me, warranted further explanation, exploration, and was stuff that I didn't know and wanted to know. That's what happened. And then I went to the, the Danaher rabbit hole, and there's a lot of that. Nice. And uh, and philosophically, it feels similar to the leg locks, which is why I like it. It's control. And then, then break, not break. And it to me it makes sense because a, is higher percentage. B, it makes you a safer, makes you a deadlier practitioner and a safer practitioner, because if I've controlled you properly, you can thrash all you want, and I can slowly apply breaking pressure at my own pace and not risk hurting you. Whereas if I'm doing a quick arm bar, oh, yeah. there's a, a tiny window yeah. where it's like, oh, 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 you know? And I actually found that out. I, 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 you know, I, um, you know, someone told me the other day, actually two people have told me I've hurt their elbows with arm bars. And I didn't like that when I found that out, you know? And was, I, and was I know- one of them uh, with Casey? Was, no. Was that no, one incident? Casey. No, it was not. No, no. No, that was a leg lock. Yeah, yeah, never mind. No, Casey, uh, Casey, um, I went for a straight arm lock fast. Um, 
and straight arm locks. I don't know if if Danaher would Danaher doesn't cover straight arm lock because he's talking. He's basically teaching Juji Katami. He's not teaching razor he arm did a, locks. The presser, okay, the pressing arm lock is. The yeah, one I did a, a razor or a reverse arm lock. Yeah. So and those, I guess you have to do a little quicker kind of thing. Yeah, but, because there's no. But yeah, because you're not controlling the shoulder girdle. I'm talking oh, about oh. a regular arm bar. So yeah. and and there was no hard feelings. It was like chalked up jujitsu. Yeah. But I was like, in my back of my mind, I was also like, maybe there has to be a better way, you know, and this. Kind of made this well, the made, razor can lead to the juji. Again, well, we're not. <laughs> yes, it can. They tear. Yeah. They turn. You get. Yeah, to that. Yeah. But the point yeah. is, is this higher percentage, very technical. I like it, and already seeing a lot of uh, very useful things that I've already been able to apply while rolling, and there is success. Now nice. it is more nogi orientated uh it's no gi in its base so i think the gi messes with it to some degree but not too if much if anything it makes it better not necessarily because it allows people to grab your legs anywhere because they can grab cloth whereas it's hard for it, you i can't pull a leg very i could grab material and pull very easily sure. whereas if no gi i have to definitely cup your Mechanical leg if grips. i want to pull like yeah it's just gripping's a little different and people can grab lapels to to secure their the arm that you're trying to attack while keeping the other arm free. Mm, okay. Yeah, Whereas yeah. if you're nogi, if you the way you protect an armbar is you have to grab your own hand. Right. So that limits. So you're eliminating the other. Now I'm not saying you can't break that grip, but it gives them a window where their the arm you're attacking is locked because you're holding their they're holding the gi but their other arm is free to defend so like and do stuff yeah, yeah, yeah so it, it, you know um like anything a lot of it translates a couple yeah. things you have to take into account you know but conceptually it's get them to a juji katami position don't view juji katami as a fully extended arm bar view juji katami as a pin of the shoulder and arms with your legs Very and nice. control and uh, it's really cool. And makes me start to wonder how I should be teaching arm bars to brand new people. Really? Yeah, because I feel like I'm, now I'm teaching stuff that I'm, I'm going to tell them to change significantly <clears throat> when they but get... But fundamentally, so just, all right, let's, let's go down that rabbit hole. What are you, how are you teaching somebody to do an arm bar right off the bat right now? It's from twisting arm control to... So basically uh, a... Step around arm bar from S mount. That's taught in foundations. A top, a top arm bar. Yes. Okay. And what I don't like about that is, it's telling them to fall back to an arm bar, not go to the Jujikatami position and maintain control. Mm. And it's a lot of just like, and like anything, right? You teach something at a high level, and then there are lots of details, but there's not enough control so to me it's a riskier submission both to secure and also to not hurt the other person yeah especially you're falling backwards yeah. with like because they always hear push your hips in the air and like if you're doing that while falling that's and also like the idea of pinch your knees together i i this is where preet would say like keep asking why i'm like you know we say pinch your knees and i'm thinking why If you're trying to lock the shoulder in place, pinching your knees is not necessarily the best thing. 
And if you're trying to create a high, a higher, uh, a higher, higher fulcrum uh, yeah. to break, pinching your knees does not help. And you're using small muscle groups to pinch. Are you though? Your adductors are small. Think about how much you can bend, leg press versus how much you can do. That's yeah. Ad, that, yeah that's, that's, I'm not that, saying they're not strong yeah, yeah. relative to relative to other muscle groups that are nearby. Same reason why in in leg entanglements, you know, you're technically not you. Sh- it's it's better. You know, when we go to Ashigarami, yes. You can say pinch your knees to keep the leg no, secure, but, but you're really scissoring. Yeah, that's true. Right? So that, those kind of things, like details, I think matter, especially when you tell a beginner that has a blank slate, because you don't want them to develop bad habits unnecessarily, you know? True. So um, I think I'd much rather, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know what that would look like for a beginner. Um, I'm conflicted because I think, I've heard arguments, Preet's one of them, that says show submissions early on because that's how you engage new students. And he'll even show people Doris's, you know, like show all the submissions. And I think there's also <clears throat> a benefit to that that shows the brand new student all the different ways they can be hurt. Yes, recognition. So it's like recognition of submission. So I think, I think there's, there's merit for that. And then on the other side is what I guess Island Top Team might be doing, you know, to some degree, which is like... Yeah. Only show them the rear naked. Don't show them any joint locks. Because people, they, they, they could hurt each other. They can control themselves, which I, exactly. I definitely agree with that. So It's a good philosophy. I don't, I don't know if there's a, an answer somewhere in the middle, but it's definitely... I think there's something to the... So I think it's interesting that you guys are showing a part of Foundations is an armbar from Mount because I feel as though that doesn't... Not that it doesn't, but man, but but teaching a, a brand new person an armbar from fucking closed guard is so hard to do. Like you know, I I see blue belts that don't do it properly still, and and just like you know, adjusting your hips and twisting and looking at the opposite ear and that sort of thing, and you know, because they almost always end up looking at the same side ear that they're attacking. I wonder mechanically, are they able to translate? a topside armbar better later on when you teach them a bottom armbar. I feel as though the, the strength of teaching closed guard armbar um, is the idea of capturing the shoulders. But I guess your, your gravity and, and S-mount is capturing the shoulders and isolating it and elevating it, right? Like you're... Hmm. I'm just, I'm just kind to of, me, I'm now viewing everything as an entry to Jujigatami, not as, and and yes, securing the shoulders part like you're trying to lock the shoulder right. in place, but the difference is, if I'm an S mount, my thought process is not to go to an armbar. My thought process is to go to the pin. It's to go to Jujigatami, the pin, right, right. secure control, and then work to my finish and that's a huge change in mindset and i did it today and and and, you know i did it with a white belt which i could do a lot of things with a white belt and probably work but it was i definitely felt that there were way less things that could go wrong when i did it this systematic way of I got, you know, the guy was, you know, he was not keeping his elbow close to his chest. Right. So anytime that was like that, I'd hook it and I just worry about getting my legs over and get to that position. 
right. I was not thinking about armbar. Whereas before, I would be thinking like, I'll oh, pop an armbar, you know, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. the guy might get out. No, no, I was like, lock him up. Now he can't move. Also, it became, it made me acutely aware of conceptually the way people can escape. And I use that to escape as well. Where I wasn't thinking armbar escape, I was thinking, how do I break the position? I right. break the position by getting my elbow to the floor. Yes. And that's not something, I, I probably should have known that. I'm not saying nobody's taught me that, but it didn't register in my head that, forget about an escape. Because we learn escapes, like on our blue belt test, we, we learn like, show me the leg over the head method, show me the stack, like we're shown recipes that we have to recite. What was stuck in my head was... Um, How do you get your elbow back? It was a heuristic almost. It was like, I need to do this. I don't care how you do it. And then I just invented it on the spot. Yeah. And I think that's <clears throat> where I think I'm starting to understand JB's philosophy better, which is do what's there. And you do what's there by inventing jujitsu on the spot. Oftentimes it mimics jujitsu that you've studied and recipes that you've already learned, but it's unique to what's been given to you. So when I escaped, I'm sure someone could look at that and be like, oh, he did that, he did that escape from for the armbar escape. But in my mind, I wasn't thinking that. I was just doing something that said, I need to get my elbow to the floor. I feel like I can, right? Boom, I did it. Right. So, so this is what I'm thinking is, <clears throat> what do you teach then? Does I have to know the recipes first for this to make sense? Or could I, have, could I have been taught this to begin with and I would have done it? No, I don't think so. So I, so what's one of the, the first defenses? Like There's like early, late, and very late, right? And I know for when you went to your, your Iceland camp, Correct. you were working very late armbar escapes. Yes. All right. With Preet. Yes. And which you were the uke. Yes, and, yes. And, and, I, and I want to see what he would have done if I tried armbarring him, what I know now. Right. So that's Because his escape kind of predicated on the fact that I wasn't controlling him nearly as well as I should have. Oh, really? I, I, I don't remember watching it. So. Okay. But that said, but like, what do we teach somebody who starts, and we all sort of naturally do it anyway, but when somebody starts cutting an angle on us in, in when we're in their closed guard... What's the first thing you should do? Underhook a leg. No, no excuse me. If, if you're attacking me, I'm in your guard. You're attacking me with a, with a closed guard armbar. Oh, rotate. Rotate, right? So like, but rotate isn't just defending against the armbars, defending against all attacks from closed guard, right? So where do we start stripping away and what's the earliest that we can safely say that that's an armbar defense versus that's a overall just closed guard defense. You know, like, for example, uh, you're talking about, like, uh, sucking your elbow back, right? Like, in context, were you referring to somebody was armbarring you from top? Yes. Okay, so what's the the general term that I, I will scream out? I you don't take a lot of classes with me, but the general defense for somebody attacking your arm in general, when they're on top and they're attacking an arm, whether it's Kimura, whether it's Americana, whether it's top wrist lock, double wrist lock. I don't know, actually. What is it? Back to mat, right? 
Back to mat. Back to okay. mat. Because what does that naturally do? It naturally pulls your elbow down. Because if you're, they're attacking this arm, the gross motor movement of you getting your arm away is to pull your shoulder down. Which okay. Naturally pulls. So, like, should we be the skill development? Like, where does, where do we take the recipe out of it? And where do we teach purely the gross motor movements? Because they have to know what the, what the end game is. I, I don't in know. Order for you and to, I think, I think I'm, this is all resonating with me because I've been doing it for the amount of time I've been doing it. Like, this wouldn't be resonating with me year one. It's ha- resonating with me because it's year three. three, three point whatever, right? Um, and, for, you know, following the cliche, it's, it's resonating with me because I'm a purple belt, you know? So it's, I already know stuff. And now I'm relearning it. It's, it's but, kind like, of, but let's liken this to language, right? Because that's the fucking analogy that people always use for jujitsu. It's like white belt is learning the words. Blue belt is learning grammar and how to put the words together. Purple belt is what? Developing an argument or, or an idea. I don't think that analogy holds. But it's what you always hear. I, I do. And I, I don't... We I, should be teaching... I don't disagree that language... Learning a language and learning jujitsu is kind of like learning language, but in my mind, and maybe it's because I ha- my development of Spanish as a second language is not as far. Like maybe I'm still a four stripe white belt, so I wouldn't know. But what, realistically, where are you in in I, I don't like Spanish? I, I I don't I, I you know I I lived in two years. I lived two years in Spain and and a year in close to a year in Colombia and was able to get by. Okay, you know, open a bank account and stuff like that. So. But I, Which that, is very technical speak if you. But think about I, that, I mean, right? I can I can get by, but I don't know all the words and stuff. But that's not to me like the difference between in what the, I thought about it very hard just now when you're talking about it, and what felt weird to me was in in language. If you know how to construct a sentence, it's not as though as you get better, you construct that sentence better. It's like if you know subject, verb, like that yeah, structure, yeah, yeah. that doesn't change. In jujitsu, I feel like I learned a I, like this is where the fucking Roy Dean shit kind of when he talks about the progression of a of a of an armbar, white belt armbar, blue yeah. belt, purple. That makes a little more that that well, I that think kills is, you to admit that he is right, don't you? Doesn't it? No, that, that title makes sense. Yeah. What he showed is complete different. That's different. That's some, you A little know. bit too much woo for you? I do not want to. <laughs> what do you say? Do you have nothing good to say? Don't say anything at all? I just don't want to get in the whole Roy D thing, man. Um, I will say this. The Ukes are extremely well-trained. Whenever you see those demos... I want to give the belt to the uke. What's funny is like that's that's the whole thing about like fake martial arts. Is, like, don't watch the demonstrator, watch the feeder. <laughs> you <It's> know, like, <laughs> they're very good, especially when you see like there's some times where I watch it's these like demos. Twenty sequence move. I see these. I see these. I see some of these demos, and I literally see the uke's limb magically moving exactly to where it needs to be for the guy to do it, and he hasn't t- like he's using he's using like the force to pull the, <laughs> the, the limb towards him to do. I'm not saying that jiu- those guys don't know how to do jujitsu. I, I, I think the artistic expression has taken a little too far in for me. It's just a bell demonstration for me, though. but then they got to roll afterwards. So, 
Yeah. And then you see the high percentage stuff that actually yeah. works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyways, yeah. The, um, the, but the, the the white belt armbar that you're talking about. That, I just think that you continually refine the knowledge you have as a jujitsu practitioner, whereas in language you just get better and you amass more vocabulary. Hmm. I don't think there's refinement. I think there's just addition. Is that really the case, though? Because I don't know, but that's what it felt like to me. In my mind, that's what it felt like. Because I think... I don't I, claim to I be the hear, answer. I'm just telling you what's in my mind. I think of like an anthro... Like, I took like three or four... Like, three years of anthropology classes as well. Like, as my elective in, in college. And I think of... Like, you can take like something like a car or a television to the Amazon jungles and show it to them and show what it can do. And while they don't have the definition, our traditional definition of car, they can describe everything that it's doing and, and whatnot, right? And that's using, quote, primitive language. But the fact of the matter is they have structural rules and whatnot in place to be able to describe that thing as effectively as we could using our knowledge of what that device is. And jujitsu is no different though, right? Because you can have an arm bar. And I think as long as you have that clear, I think, I mean, cause I deep dove down that arm bar rabbit hole a little bit before you did, because you're just starting with it now where he talks about like the idea of attacking the shoulder girdle I, you know, using that because you, in order to break a limb, you always have to isolate the limb above that, right? Correct. You know, and that starts with the shoulder girdle, then the elbow. And that's, that's fundamental. Like that rule is fundamental to all joint locks. And I just feel as though like if you're teaching that rule and that concept as you think it's too early to teach that to a white belt who has no idea how to do that. I don't know. That's that's that's, that's the never-ending question, right? I don't so, know. And so, like, even somebody who, like a white belt who has no idea what an armbar is, if you start to teach them and say, hey, like, I just want you to find a way to take your legs to control their shoulders so that you can put their elbow here to be able to apply force here. I think they'll, it's sort of, they'll figure it out. You know, and I think... But but then when you start adding rules like it would not be optimal to do this, is that giving them too much of a recipe? You know, like your like your alignment should be you know, you know I, I, should ideally be here because we figure that out through experimentation and and you know pressure tests and whatnot. Well, I think uh, I, I like I'm just thinking in my head like back to what I said earlier about one philosophy of potentially teaching beginners all the submissions that you can think of yeah. within reason, right? Because you're not going to show them necessarily, you know, I, I guess it, when you're, you, you're showing the them gi- the end at that point and then they can exactly. figure out everything else, right? You're showing them Te- the end now. With the end in mind, which is good. Yeah, and I think that's what makes sense logically. You're showing them the end. They might not be able to get to the end when they roll, but they'll at least sense the end when someone's doing it to them and they won't get hurt. Right, so this would be a really good opportunity to, But the gi yeah. makes it harder. No yeah, gi. Yeah, because additional grips and because stuff, right? Yeah, so just, many lapel yeah. chokes and loop chokes yeah, and stuff. Arm, here versus here. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that to me 
is part of ju- gi jiu-jitsu, but I don't know if it's fundamental. Whereas to me, what's fundamental is you can get strangled with a guy's legs called a triangle. This is a Kimura. But now I feel like I'm playing God and saying, these are the submissions. That, but remember, know. what's fundamental means what's... I mean, Ryan Martin is going to have... A, if you told Ryan show them the submissions that they should know, he's going to come up with a different list than what I come up with and what you come up with, what Paul comes up with. No, be, I don't think so. If, you don't think he's going to be like chicken wing here and no, because, banana I mean, split because there? No, because what is a chicken wing... Because, I mean, like, ultimately, there are straight arm locks and rotating arm locks, right? That's it. There are two. How you get to them? That's true. That's, I mean, realistically, just, like, how many chokes are there, right? Or, or strangles, excuse me. Gee strangles, realistically, there are cross ones, like the traditional cross choke, you know, the, the, the clock choke, which is realistically just a variation of the cross choke. Yes. Right? It's just your body positioning is different. And they're loop chokes. And so is then, it? So then you show that and you show the defenses. Yeah. And then because people's continued attacks are developed off of defenses, right? Of off of failed attacks is where the, the, the game is really played. So if like for example, you're you're the I like the idea of RVV teaching or Island Top Team, excuse me, teaching a rear naked strangle first, right? And then what do you what is their typical defense left? They get a hand fight. You know, you're going to free your hips from their legs. And then what does that generally open up? Well, the shoulder girdle now, right? Because you can start climbing your legs up to their shoulders, which gives your arm locks and gives you your uh, bow and arrows and that sort of thing, right? So if you're reverse engineering from an end point, that's where all the other possibilities sort of like open up. But you just mentioned, you mentioned a lot of these, like, go, you know, wriggle up to a shoulder lock with the, with the legs. That's a control position that I don't think people just realize they have to be I think showed they, that. I think they do, though. I, I, I you don't know. think that that happens? Where, like, if I were to take a, a day one wipeout right Dude, now. Dude, I just started realizing months ago. And, and, and I, I, I know I'm using myself as an example, which is unfair. Yeah, population of one. Yeah. Right. You know, but that's all I can say is, like, I mean, I can watch people roll. And they don't understand necessarily what's working or what's not. Let me, let me rephrase this because that's not what let me just go back to my analogy my back control became way better when I realized I had to control their 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 shoulder rotations and I was losing people when they're rotating away and I just had I had a seatbelt I didn't have in my mind controlling the points of their shoulder so that if, 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 you know, one guy's trying to roll away from me and his right shoulder is peeling away, I need to put more force and just literally grab the shoulder and pull it back. Pull back, yeah. Where I just hold on to the seatbelt because I have the seatbelt. So that's where I don't think I'm the only one that does jujitsu and was applying a seatbelt and not realizing what are you actually doing to control this person in back mount? You're stopping them with your upper right. body from them rotating. Yeah. I could do that by literally taking both my hands and cupping their shoulders like, like shoulder pads and just holding. Is it not effe- it's probably not that effective because it can probably clear it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The point is, is when I feel a guy twisting away from a seatbelt, now I adjust. Or if I'm in the double under lapel control, as Paul's been showing recently, if people start rotating one way or the other, I over-exaggerate the... F- force on the one side 
to even it out again. I don't think that's that, that there needs to be a realization there. People just don't do that intuitively, I don't think. Not everybody. Some people I think probably, they I think people do, and I think we train it out of them. Potentially. That could certainly be the you know, that could definitely be a, a an, an explanation. I'm not discounting that. I think I think we do. I think we there are certain and maybe I'm giving beginners too much credit. I, <laughs> because like it's sort of the whole um the other thing, just sorry to interrupt, but yeah. I will say this one thing. We're also able to do jujitsu in a calm state. Most beginners are in a frantic That's true, yeah, yeah. They're state. completely like animalistic state. Uh, man. We're never gonna figure out the answer to, to how to teach jujitsu are we? I, you just gotta try and, and if it, hopefully you get better results each time. So I Alan actually we, we chatted about it the other day and I don't know I never played chess growing up. And he likened it to chess. He's like, perhaps, mind you, this is coming from a guy who doesn't do jujitsu, but he's, he's, he, uh, I mean, he's, what, I'm his proxy. One right? of the best um, quotes, my favorite quote for jujitsu is from a chess player. And it was told to me by Ryan Hall. I will look up the, uh, the chess, the chess uh, person's name. Uh, so I'm looking it up on my phone. But he had described it as like you learn combinations, and there are infinite ways. Uh, wait, like you learn tactics and strategies, and like tactics are you're trying to do this, but the strategy is how you apply it based upon like the other piece. I mean, R. Spielman. This is the guy. No clue who that. Is. I don't know his first. I'm guessing school. some sort of champion. Chess yeah, player. he's a chess guy. Play the opening like a book, the middle game like a magician, and the end game like a machine. This is my favorite jujitsu quote, and it's from a chess player. Opening like a book, mm-hmm. middle game like a magician, end game like a machine. When you get back mount, there's a you go boom, through boom, the boom, steps. Boom, 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 yeah. When you start. Play an opening that you like to do. In the middle where you get creative. That's where you have your you setups and your yeah, feints yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. And then you secure an endgame position. And then you lock it up. Hmm. So for me, I really like that quote. I'm not saying it's the quote, but that, that quote really resonates with me. And I think it makes sense because, you know, but for me... the machine it, part of that is learning that systematic way of attacking. Exactly. Right? When you get to this, when you get to such a dominant position, you now have, you did the hard work, you did the crafty part, you did the, yeah, the, the, the magical part of securing a position that's dominant. Now it's over and you just have to follow the steps. Um, and you have to know what those are. So if you get to back mount, you know how to lock it up. If you get to side control even potentially. Or if you get to Jujigatami control. We hit the Juji Katami. Yeah. And I do feel like whether JB knew it implicitly, explicit, implicitly or not, he was doing that because he armbarred the shit out of me a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, some of them were opportunistic armbars where I'd stick my arm out too much and he would fly in and grab it. Yeah. But a lot of times it was 
his big old legs would be across, <laughs> would be crushing my, my chest, and he would calmly break my grip. And th that to me is the cool thing. It's like secure the position, figure out how to break the grip, break the arm, and do it in such a controlled fashion that your partner has plenty of time to tap. You know? And not scream. Yeah, yeah. because I'm not doing it super fast. Right. Going fast is not dependent. So, On that note, let us close this out like a machine. We got to get to class. What are you going to work on today? I don't know what... So I, I didn't... I wasn't here last We're doing Monday. double lapel control. Oh, so we're still on that? Yeah. Okay. And, and, and crucifix stuff. Ooh, okay. Because you... I mean, he's entering the crucifix. Yeah, you're in, yeah it's like that back control. And then they, I assume they reach their arm out or you enter it. Yeah. I'm going to work on arm bars. I'm going to try to come over from there because you can reach the far side and get... You can... That's a pretty My good eyes entry. will be open about the Kimura later. That's going to be, that's, that's a good, pretty good entry for a Kimura trap too. So absolutely. Right. So I'll see what I can play with that. All right, Chris, like, subscribe, share, find us on YouTube, Facebook, YouTube. Yeah. I mean, Instagram and any podcast platform that you can think of. Yeah. We're there. Spotify, Apple, BJJ and the bruise, spell it all out. Even though today was MCU and then a little jujitsu at the end. Yeah. Comics and then jujitsu, but. But it was good stuff. Thank you, Chris. Yes, welcome back.